What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting Ask Nick episode of The Vile Files. I am your host, Nick, joined by Allie and Amanda right now because Chrissy... We wonder what Chrissy is doing. Mysterious Chrissy woman. Chrissy is the busiest Sex woman parties, I know. <laughs> camping. It really... Who knows? All who the knows? above. <laughs> All of the above. Uh, how are you two doing today on this wonderful Monday morning? I'm feeling very responsible. I went on a date on Friday where our date activity was planning financial planning. So I went through <laughs> on Vanguard.com. This was a planned date? Yes, this was a planned date. How, wait, how... how? How, this is a first date? No, this is a I, I. It's like a guy who I was pretty excited about, and then I think both of us have just been like really busy with stuff. So I've sort of been like not dedicating very much time or energy to it, but it's like not over. So we're just now it's like we're going on dates like every like one to two weeks. And you're like, all right, so let's go on a date. And then who said like I got some financial planning I need to do? Well, so he works in finance, and so I was like joking earlier on. I was like, oh, I keep wanting to like figure out like you know, retirement savings invest or like, you know, I've been trying to save for retirement and set up an investing account because that's what you're supposed to do. But I was like, what money do you have? Is Nick paying you more? <laughs> well, I saved, I saved up like so much through college, like a set amount of money because yeah. I knew I wanted to start investing. Yeah. And so this guy, so we, we kept saying like, oh, he's going to help me invest. He's going to help me invest. And then finally we were like, we're going to make it happen. Like we're going to plan a whole day around it. Um, and so we did. He helped me invest. <laughs> Great. Damn. It was, but like we went to Trader Joe's ahead of time to pick up some drinks and the cashier, you know, they're always so chatty there. And so the cashier was like, what do you guys have planned for tonight? And I was like, setting up a Roth IRA. <laughs> like, like the lamest woman in the world on a Friday. <laughs> That's kind of fun. And did you end up cashing out at the end of the evening? Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was like on top of their like financial plans. Like it was all one big thing. Yes, yes, I was like a financial planning part of the dirty talk. <laughs> it's like you're a bad girl not saving for retirement yet. Uh, no, I was no, but it did. It did make me feel very like appreciative <laughs> of him. It did make me feel very connected and appreciative of him. I was like, that was a very kind thing of you to spend your Friday night doing. So, so I would say it. It was great foreplay. Great. Damn. Damn. Did you do anything fun? Um. I've been in Minnesota for like 10 days. So if anyone missed me, thanks. Um, and I was like, I'm either gonna come back with a Minnesotan accent or I'm gonna come back like my South Dakotan relatives and just be like, I ain't got no shit for you today. Um, you sound normal. Thank you. Uh, I would have loved for you to be a fly on the wall observing my cousin's relationships because I think you would have had a lot to say. It's always an interesting time. Love is messy. <laughs> I've been watching uh, Nellie and I just started watching Sex in the City. Like, well, she's wa she wanted to watch it again, and I have never really watched it. Watched it, like I had, I'm familiar with it. I've watched it with various girlfriends, an episode here or there. I've never like fully sat down and watched it. It has been eye opening, and I think you're. I've given you guys the assignment to start watching Sex in the City. You, you, I'm I'm waiting on your HBO password, but feel free to send that over. Don't you can't you, like. Isn't it like free or something? It's We're like over a, here with like Roth IRAs and HBO Max. I'm like, is anyone else parents? suffering? Like, 
do you live in a fancy building, Allie? Have Allie you, just moved into a not, palace. Have you watched Sex Let the, the listeners yeah. know that Allie moved it. into a palace. <laughs> well, my biggest takeaway in the first seven episodes is that I, I didn't know. Like, I wasn't sure. I was on the impression, being an outsider from the show, that people thought of Carrie Bradshaw as some sort of role model. No. And I don't know. Well, but she's, an, I mean. She's an icon. She is why the show exists. She is she is toxic and terrible and if you get advice from carrie bradshaw i mean i and you've had problems with love that would make sense i mean just she i i don't understand she she meets mr big they date for as she claims several months let's call it six and in the first few months the biggest you know again mr big will He's again, I, I, I get that he does some other shit later on. So I'm only talking about the first like seven, eight episodes In the first seven, eight episodes. He's just pretty upfront with like, I've been in love before I'm divorced. I, I cheated on my wife. I was young and stupid. He's he's per, he's very direct with her. Right. I mean, they're they haven't really defined the relationship. She's a terrible communicator. Every time she asks him, he gives her very direct answers. And then they start dating and and then all of a sudden they have this trip they plan on. She farts in front of him. He handles it like a total mature person. She like disappears for three days, shows up in the middle of those three days, tries to force herself on him while he's watching a football game. And I don't know. He's just like, what are you doing? And then she storms out all over a fart. You would know. you freak out if someone tried to force themselves on you during a Packers game? I would have the exact same reaction Mr. Big did. I was like, what are you doing? Like, why? Like, huh? Like, like they're on the one yard line. <laughs> it would just, yeah. It's just like, just because you want sex right now, doesn't mean I have, you know, like it would just be like, I'm all, I'm like in the middle of something, you know, whatever, whether it's a football game or something else. And then she storms out. She doesn't call him. And then fast forward to when they're taking their trip. She just is like, I need to know I'm the one. They haven't even traveled together. They haven't even taken a trip. And he, and he, and like a lot of guys, like young, immature guys might actually be like, you know what? Fuck it. You're the one. I'll just, I'll just say what you want me to say. Let's go on this trip. He doesn't. He doesn't have an answer. Again, they've only been dating for several months. He can't give that answer. And she breaks up with him. She breaks up with him. And then like, and then fast forward a few episodes, they get back together, start talking. And she like hides it from her friends. She finally admits it to her friends. And then Charlotte's like, he was terrible to you. I'm thinking, what do you mean? He was, he didn't do anything. I don't understand. Like she just, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like she creates, she creates drama out of nothing. Yeah. Well, your friends, like, I feel like that's always the thing with like getting advice from your friends is that they only see the emotional impact it has on you. No, I get that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to shun. And then Charlotte, Charlotte, Samantha and Miranda are definitely the best. They're the most mature mm -hmm. and, and self-aware about themselves. The only difference between Samantha and Charlotte is like, Charlotte, uh, Samantha owns her sexuality and the fact that she has sex and Charlotte is the girl who like participates in hookup culture totally fine but wants to pretend that she doesn't because she wants to live a fairy tale and so she's just constantly a walking contradiction um, and you know and yet we I know I feel like we, a lot of women watch this show and looked up to Charlotte and and um, Carrie Carrie the most and it's an, it's a goddamn mess. It's why like thank you, <laughs> Center City, so because it's why it's, I it's I, it makes so much more sense to me now why people call in with these questions, and I'm just like, what are you doing? The best quote from Nick this morning was, "I have a show because of Sex in the City." Of one hundred percent, it's a nuts. 
uh, I'm watching this be like, what the fuck? How is this? And I'm just wondering, and I, I didn't know. I'm curious did, when people were watching in its heyday, were they walking? Were, were they, were, did they just find Carrie relatable to their own bullshit? And then a self-awareness of like the bullshit we all just fuck up. Or were they looking at Carrie Bradshaw as like a how-to guide? I mean, she's she's the sex and she has an in the show. Her character has like a a column on sex and dating. Nothing is more unrealistic than the fact that she is like a writer every so often and a, like affords designer shoes in that apartment in New York. I'm like, none of this is real. Also, she's a chain smoker. <laughs> Nick's biggest issue is sex in the city. <laughs> she's just smoking all the time. Even when she she's literally working, there's a scene where she's working out and smoking, uh, and she just create. She's yeah, she. Well, uh, well, more to, more to report because Natalie and I are, are in full Sex in the City. Well, this is just going to become a Sex in the City podcast. Uh, yeah, all the how what to not to do. Um, Anyway, we have a great episode for you. Uh, a lot of great, uh, interesting callers uh, with some uh, hopefully good answers. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, rate five stars, all that fun stuff. We were back tomorrow with some more Bachelor recap. Either way, a great week lined up for you. Thanks for listening. As always, let's get to our callers. Question time with Nick. Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hi, um, I'm Celine and 24. How can I help? About six years ago, I got into this situation with um, a boy I liked, but it never really went anywhere um, past the bedroom. I mean, we're, you know, pretty frequently at his house um, throughout the summer. You know, it was just summer flings my junior and senior year. And I took it for what it was. He didn't want a relationship, at least, you know, with me. And I kind of accepted that and didn't, you know, ask for anything more of that. Junior and senior year of high school? Yeah. Okay. So so now I'm 24. So it's it's been, he's been in my life for quite a while. The summer of um, going into my freshman year of college, actually, um, I started seeing another boy that, you know, showed me a lot more attention. I was seeing him much more frequently, you know, obviously, you know, we were sleeping together a lot more. And um, so I would still see this, you know, the other guy that um, I had been with since I was a a junior. Um, But I was seeing the new guy a lot more. So a little bit into my freshman year of college I at this point I live eight hours away from both of them so I was you know doing my own thing and uh, shortly after I found out I was pregnant and you know I was 18 and you know just a lot of mixed emotions and trying to figure out you know what the exact date of conception was and you know it's you know it's they're very close in when I slept because I, I had you weren't slept entirely with sure who both. the father was at the, at the time. Yeah, okay. pre- pretty much. And um, I guess 18 year old me just figured, well, I slept with the one that likes me more. And, you know, I saw more. I slept with him more. So, you know, it has to be his. And so that that relationship, that whole 
ended for other reasons and uh, it just, it didn't work out. And um, we didn't do a DNA test. I don't know, for whatever reason, we just like, we, we, I just figured, yes, it's his. And um, I totally didn't put into the factor that, you know, I did sleep with this other guy around the same time of conception. During the time that my, you know, um, the presumed father and I were together, which was about two years of my daughter's life, um, I would still see the other guy. And it was like maybe three times out of the year we'd, you know, did, call each other up. And Did either of them or both of them or none of them like think they were the father? The one I was actually seeing never questioned it. He just because, assumed it was his. I mean, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. Yeah, because, I mean, he and I were dating, and I, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like this. And you didn't you know, have the guts to wouldn't. be like, it might not be yours. Oh, yeah, no. No, no, no. That was, I mean, a part of me was also very scared of him, but then he was also the one that was, you know, always taking me out, always, you know, included me, but then there was a toxic side of the relationship sure. that, you know, I was also very scared to talk to him about it. But this, you know, the one that I had known longer asked me a couple times, you know, is there a possibility? And it got to the point where I was just like, no, she's not yours. Because he kept asking. I was like, no, she's not yours. I already did a test. Like, what you know, she, drop it. She, who does she look so, more like? She looks more like the other guy. She's my, you know, the presumed father and I are much lighter you know, um, light complected and my daughter is very, you know, a much, you know, darker toned. So that's where now that she's getting older, her features are finally showing, uh, much better. So, you know, like, um, and her skin tone is finally, you know, at that, I, okay, well, this is going to be her skin tone and, and then her hair color, just little things. And then the way, you know, he would laugh is also how she laughs. And then, you know, one person, one guy was just, you know, very just ugly and toxic. And, you know, the other guy was just always nice, but never wanted anything with me. And she's just like the sweetest little thing ever. I mean, I got really lucky. So can I, so, do, you, do you know now? I mean, like, where are we now? So no, see, that's the thing is I think, so my, my ex and I broke up um, almost, three, almost three years ago. My daughter's now five. So Three years ago. But he, um, he must still be in your life to some degree no, because he, he's, he's not. So he's like. He's it, not. So, and see, I never really brought it up because he. Does it he was think just, he's still the father? He in, yes, he does. So he thinks he's but, the father and choosing not to be a father. Oh, yeah. No, he's right now. He's actually in prison okay. for other reasons. And so he was absent even when we were together. It was it was like a like our home was a revolving door and it was just really bad to the, it was just, you know, ended up leaving that relationship and just being like, you know what, I'm not even going to fight for you to be around because I don't know, like if I'm fight, you know, what if I'm fighting for, you know, so the what, actual father of my child, what's the question? So I guess my question is, is I want to, I don't want any kind of relationship with, the guy I, I actually think is the father and I don't want him to feel obligated to, you know, step up to the plate financially. You know, I've done pretty well on my own raising her. Um, but I think I, I just want to know, like, I just, I've been questioning a lot and 
I don't know how to go about that because I don't know whether I want everything to completely change. You know, my daughter and I have been on our own for so long and, you know, bringing, if he wants to be involved, I'm kind of scared of that. But then I'm also like scared of the rejection also of, you know, maybe he just might not want to do a test and that'll also be like, you know. So intimidating to uh, want to get uh, therapy or work with a mental mental health professional, and there's a lot of hurdles. Uh, BetterHelp is helping you make that easier through doing it through the comfort of your home. Whether you are stressed out about work, anxiety, money problems, family problems, it really doesn't matter. You don't even have to have a justifiable reason. Maybe you just want to talk to a healthcare professional. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log in from the comfort of your home. Uh, again, you can switch uh, if, you, if you get assigned to a person and, and don't like the vibe, you can always switch. Uh, the important thing is, if you ever thought getting therapy, BetterHelp is there. Can't say enough good things about it. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Files. That's V-I-A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S. That's Better H-E-L-P Help. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Vile File listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Vile Files. Summer is here and there's never been a better time to try a shirt from Untuck It. That's right. Look your best all while being comfortable. You don't want to be stuffy, and honestly, sometimes it's a little too hot to tuck it in right now. You know what I'm saying? They have performance shirts that wick away sweat. They come in all different sizes, up to triple XL. That's right. So whether you like a slim fit, a relaxed fit, a tall fit, Untuck It has it for you. They have 85 stores nationwide. Uh, They have, again, fits in all shapes and sizes. I love it. Nearly constantly compliments my Untuck It shirts. Uh, they all have. They have also different types of designs of shirts. Really, whatever you want in the shirt department, Untuck It has for you. And you know, the best part is you can look like a stud and not look sloppy, all while having it freely untucked. Free returns and exchanges. Use code V I A L L for twenty percent off your first purchase at untuckit.com. That's V I A L L for twenty percent off your first purchase at untuckit.com. U N T U C K I T dot com. It's a heavy question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think you should probably even talk to like a get a professional opinion on this, like a child psychologist, <laughs> and think. There's a lot to consider, yeah. right? There's mm-hmm. just your the things going on in your head that you, you know, obviously, I'm sure as a mother, you're considering your daughter's feelings, not necessarily even now, but when she gets older and start asking about mm-hmm. her dad. You know, the fact that the person she thinks like or the the presumed father, you know, he's in jail right now. You think, you know, it's not, he sounds like a pretty not great guy. And, and there's an aspect of making it pretty clear that he has no reason to come back in your life, you know, especially if he gets mm-hmm. out of prison, you know, things like that. Uh, then there's the aspect, like you said, like, you're right. Like, I mean, as the mother of your daughter, I think, the courts are in your favor. So there's that depending on how much you want this other guy to be involved. If he chooses Mm -hmm. to be involved, uh, then like you mentioned, 
the rejection part of it. Like, well, I think that's the least of your worries, right? Like, that's just your ego. Mm -hmm. You can get over the fact yeah, that he that, doesn't want to. Yeah, that's just me. But the, you, it sounded like, I don't know how long ago this was, the person you think might be the father, he wanted to know, at least at some point. Oh, yeah, no, right? I, I mean... As a guy, I've as a never... man, I, I mean, as a man, I, I, it would, I would be crushed if I, if I found out I was the father, yeah. and I didn't have an opportunity to be the father to my kid. Um, See, and then I, you know, I've it's like weighed heavy on me uh, for I want like for the past year it's been you know extra because I I've been questioning him for it for over a year now and I'm I mean this is the first time I'm ever talking about it um, so it's still kind of hard to you know put into words how I'm feeling and the situation. Um, but he will reach out periodically. And I started listening to your show last year. So I've been very like, when he reaches out, I'm like, no, like you, you know, you used me for that time period. And you, you know, you don't know who I am anymore, but then it's also, you know, I also have something very serious. I need to talk to him about, but every time he reaches out, it's, it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's just not the time. And I feel like it should be a face to face thing. And I don't know. It's very weird. Like he still reaches out. So it's not like okay. he's completely well, not in my potentially life. Potentially good. Also like, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for taking my advice. Also like <laughs> every situation is different. You mm -hmm. were, you were, you were both 18, you know, like, so I think you both deserve a little bit of grace with, you know, him not wanting to commit to you when he was a junior in high school or a senior in high school. And it's great that you set your boundaries and things like that, but mm -hmm. he might be a different person. You say you're a different person. You clearly, you know, I don't, I'm not coming down on you at all, but like you, you definitely made some choices back then in terms of like not knowing who the father was and just guessing and let some guy believe he was the father and some other guy who might be, you know, like not, not maybe the best yeah. way to handle it. Like, again, I'm not trying to like come down on you at all, but like you were also no, fucking no, no. 18, like you said, scared. And there's a lot of reasons to be worried and like, and I don't know what it's like to be in your position. So like, you know, you deserve some grace uh, on that as well. Like, but my point of saying mm -hmm. this all is like, try not to overanalyze or over be overly critical of how both of you handled a tough situation when you're 17, 18, 19 years old. I don't want to tell you what to do. I, I think it might be, a, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons to have some tough conversations with him. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge you were scared you're sorry for not uh, for doubting, you know, like you didn't really know and you wanted to believe it was the other guy you were with. And like, he might be mad that he didn't, but like, yeah, it's like you, you definitely are in a position where there's probably no perfect yeah. way you can address this without him not getting a little bit frustrated, venting to you, having some frustrations, him being, having a million different feelings. Like he might be excited. He's a father, but also mad that he hasn't been able to be a father. Also scared mm -hmm. that it's like, it's one thing like, am I the father? But now like, what's his, like, what's his current dating situation? Mm -hmm. Does he want, like whether you want to or not, he's like, there's a financial responsibility. He's going to start thinking about like, oh, I have to like take care of, of, of my daughter, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I think you just got to try to have some tough conversations. It's a part of life. Obviously it's a part of being a mother. Like you just have to, to do this. Um, yeah. All while I think, you know, like 
talking to a therapist about the best way to go about this. I think it's important to like, you know, do you have, what's your support system like? Um, I have a really good support system. What do they say? My parents, very I, this is the first time I've talked about it. Like I have not told, nobody knows. I think you need to start, start there. I think you need, if you yeah. got a good support system, talk to your support system, get their take, especially yeah. whoever you like, if you end up talking to this guy, like, I think mm-hmm. you're, it's important that your support system knows, right? I yeah. think, I think it's important that they're aware of this, you know, situation you're in and the difficult mm-hmm. conversations you might have to have if you decide to have them. And I think it's important that your mm-hmm. support system is fully aware of, of that so they can support yeah. you. And they can have your back and, okay. and, and they can make sure that, you know, however this guy acts, that you're protected and you're safe. I think that's important. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like you're just going to have to, I think it's probably, you you probably should just have this tough yeah. conversation, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird, yeah, it's a weird. It's and this could be a blessing. Situation. He He might be like, yeah. you know what? I, I'm mad, I'm frustrated, but ultimately I'm just glad I know. And then he could, you know, and then you might be bringing like a really great father into your daughter's life. I mean, I, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of upside to this too, uh, potentially, you know. Right now you're doing a lot of guessing with a lot of, with not a lot of information, like no information on something you should have some information on. <laughs> no, definitely. You know? I think uh, talking to my support system and seeing what, you know, we should do or take care of before I, I do eventually tell him. Listen, good. you made it's some good bad start. choices and fucked up a little bit when you were 18 and scared. Like, I think any anyone can kind of at least try to understand and appreciate that without, like, mm-hmm. judging and criticizing you so much. Be like, how the fuck can you do yeah. this? I think anyone could. It's a scare. I, I can only imagine how scared you might have been. Um, yeah. And it could literally have happened to anyone in your position um, who, you know, a lot of, I think most young 18, 19 year old men and women are participating in sex and probably not doing it very safely sometimes. So this shit happens. And so you just got to try to, you can't do anything about it then. You, you, You can still make some good decisions and have some tough, awkward conversations and it can still have a very positive outcome overall. But start by telling your support system. Okay. Yeah. That's good practice too. Probably a good start. (laughs) It's good practice for another tough conversation you're going to have to have. (sighs) Yeah. No, that that one's going to be, that's going to be interesting. And listen, we all, it's, it's very easy to convince ourselves of a different reality. I I can totally empathize Mm -hmm. with like, you just like deciding your current boyfriend was the father because he easily could have been. And you're just like, nah, nah, it's not, you know? And, and all of a sudden you're just like, you know, something in your yeah. gut's telling you maybe, maybe it's him. And who knows? Yeah, you, no, you know, like, you huh. it, it may end up being this uh, the guy you always thought. You don't, you just don't fucking know. <laughs> you just have to find out. Yeah, I think I just need that clarity to finally like have you know peace of mind and know that okay, then this is you know this is just the way it is, or you know possibly it's over here do you have any like dna um, from your uh, ex-boyfriend who's in jail now that you could just like i don't and i would be so terrified to ask him yeah no i get that Um, i don't want to have to but it'd be nice if he had a toothbrush lying around the house where you could just like it yeah it see i've tried doing that but uh yeah no no, nobody's really well it's because we don't talk to that side of the family at all they've completely 
you know, just not good people to have my daughter around. And, you know, and so it would be hard to get a hold of his DNA and it would, it's much easier to just, you know, go to the other guy and be like, okay. Well, I'm sure you all like to keep your home clean and you're like using it with uh, natural, safe, quality products like uh, Mrs. Myers. Uh, I'm a Mrs. Myers fan. I get my Mrs. Myers from Grove Collaborative. That's right. Grove Collaborative is an online marketplace that delivers natural home, beauty, and personal care products right, directly to your door. Uh, their aim is to make living a healthier lifestyle easy and accessible to you and your family. Every product we, every product they sell is guaranteed to be healthy, effective, eco-friendly, and affordable. Shop with confidence knowing everything you buy from Grove Collaborative is good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. They make it easy as possible for you to make the switch to natural products. So uh, they carry the brands that you know and love, like, again, Mrs. Myers. That's uh, where I get it. Uh, seventh generation method and Burt's Bees, as well as the best-selling Grove-made products like seedling tree-free paper towels and Grove laundry detergent dispensers that cuts plastic waste by 80% and 100% recycled plastic bags. I could go on and on about the quality of products that they have, and the best part is they make the shopping experience so easy and convenient for you. With Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or uh, search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. Journal of the 2 million households who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their home happier and healthier. Making the switch to natural products has never been easier for a limited time. When my listeners go to grove.co slash V-I-A-L-L, you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more. But you have to use our special code V-I-A-L-L. So go to grove.co slash V-I-A-L-L to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash V-I-A-L-L. Well, I do think in general, I do think in general, one thing you said would just be easier. I think you need to start having making some of these harder choices because you've gotten yourself in trouble and gotten yourself mm -hmm. in a situation in the past by like it's just easier to assume and think this yeah so it's not smart <laughs> which is not smart right so stop yeah. doing what you think is just the easier thing and the easier conversation and the easier thing just to assume in general and you do need to start having some tough awkward conversations you just have to set yourself up to be safe protected and have a good support system when mm -hmm. you know tough sometimes tough conversations can go badly you know they can be a lot of anger and hurt and, and yeah. things said so it's just good to have a good support system and it's you know be grateful that you have that and and yeah and, no and yeah you're right lean on them that's good but stop no, yeah. stop taking the easy choices because as you now know yeah sometimes the easy choices can create a real big fucking mess yeah it's, it's yeah <laughs> but no thank you so much for the advice and i will keep y'all updated yeah yes, please, it will be soon <laughs> please do yeah sorry you're in this mess but i do think there's a great chance for this to end happily and end on a, end on a good note and um Okay. And well, do you think this guy's a good guy that you, you know, from what you know? He, I think he would be a good dad. Not a good, I would not want him as a partner, but he would be a good dad. Oh. Um, so that would be good for her. Great. Uh, well, best of luck. Keep us posted. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take care. How's it going? 
Hi, I'm Hank. I'm 25. How's it going? Uh, I'm a huge fan of you. I'm really excited to be here. All right. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for whatever. And uh, how can I help, buddy? Yeah, so I'm in a bit of a difficult situation. So I've been dating this girl for the past few months. I think she's incredibly beautiful. Um, I honestly think she's way out of my league. Um, we have overall a very functional, healthy, happy adult relationship with legitimate long-term potential. Um, she's really my dream girl in like every respect. How long have you been um, dating? But there's, we've been dating for about three months. Okay. So, the one problem is that I'm addicted to porn, and I've been addicted to porn for about ten years, and I've recently discovered over the last three months how detrimental it's been to my life. Essentially, what happens here is I'm more interested in porn than I am in actual sex. Okay. And I've uh -huh. told my partner that when we have sex, I do it for her and not really because I get significant amount of pleasure out of it. And she was very upset about this, and she feels like that negatively affects our sex life, and I understand that. Yeah. So I want to make it clear that I do recognize that, like, I have a problem here and I do want it to stop. Um, but I have tremendous difficulty controlling this impulsive behavior. And I wonder if you have any recommenda recommendations for how I can control it and how I can communicate with my partner better. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to be very careful with the advice I give here because as I'm not, I'm not a therapist in this and I, and I don't know much about addiction, uh, so my first question to you is that's great that you, well, you've great. You recognize it. Ha, what have you done? Have you, are you thought up like therapy would be a good place to start? Absolutely. Yeah. So I've, I've been seeing a therapist for the past like five years or so for like other things going on. Okay. And I've brought this up obviously like more recently. Okay. And what are they saying? And he suggested like support groups or maybe seeing like a, a counselor specifically to this issue as more of a specialist. Yeah. Um, and I'm open to that for sure. Okay. Well, I would be more open to that. Like what here's what a question I have for, for you is, you know, the problem you're going to like, you know, this is a very sensitive issue in relationships, right? How under, like you've only been dating this girl for a few months to be totally candid. Yeah. You dealing with this is going to require an incredible amount of patience and understanding on her behalf. Yeah. so much so that it might be too much to ask anyone who's been dating one someone for a few months and just right. to be totally but either way despite her being your dream girl as you say um mm -hmm. it sounds like you recognize that this addiction is not sustainable and whether it's this relationship or future ones it's going to affect every relationship you have until you deal with the problem absolutely so I think you just kind of have to be committed to whatever it takes. So, you know, getting the uh, support groups specialist and then, you know, hopefully she's under like she she might not be OK with the fact that her new boyfriend is in, you know, seeking in, in support groups for porn addiction. I, only well, I mean, I communicated with her. Yeah. How does that, she handle that? This problem. Is she? Is she? How is? She, does, how does she handle that? Not everyone handles yeah, so, those things great. Yeah, absolutely. So she's she's handled it 
as be- as best I could possibly have asked her to. She's basically saying that, you know, it's something that I have to get figured out and that, you know, she gave me time to figure it out. And I don't want it to come to a point where I, where it's like, you have to stop this, like, right now where I'm leaving. You know what I mean? Like, if I want I want to get it figured out, like, before it becomes a much bigger issue. I'm just out of curiosity, like, when... And if you're willing to share, we'd appreciate it. Uh, like, what do you mean by you're addicted? Like, how much are you consuming? Is it just like every time you masturbate, or like you just like watching it twenty four seven? No, it's not twenty four seven. So I would say I binge it. I would say you know, like for example, like within these last three months, I might go two three days without it at all, and you know, and even though I have this impulse to do it, and then maybe one day I'll watch it and once I start watching it's like an hour to a day. So hmm. right now it's like in, in binging of So you, of time. you even watch it when you're not like masturbating. Correct. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Do you ever masturbate without watching porn? Oh no, no. Okay. Uh, this is just a guess on my part. I want to be very careful that I'm not giving you like I don't know if this is gonna work, but like also like I think part of porn too is it becomes this fantasy. It gets in your head. You start thinking about it. Um, it's very aggressive stuff, right? It's all, you know, they always have these like setups or, or what it's about and then the scandalous. And then so like lovemaking or mundane sex kind of becomes, well, mundane, right? So like also your, your imagination is almost deteriorating in a sense. Like you should try masturbating with your head. You know, think, okay. you know, try try to do it without porn. I mean, just start there. You have to almost, again, you say you're addicted. Like, need it less to become, st- you know, stimulated. So even when you're masturbating, try to do it without it. Right. Also, you just have to have so- like again, self some discipline. Like, can you block websites? Is that a thing? Can you block yourself from websites? Yes. Yeah, I can. And what? Well, I've had in the past, I've had like someone like change like the passwords to my account. Yeah. So that's for like the paid services that I subscribe to. But then there's like so much free porn on the internet too that like I can still just like give into those. Yeah. I mean, as far as pra- like the, the self control, that's where I think the, the support groups can come in handy and how people deal with addiction and the impulses people have. Like, how do you say no? You know, like if, if you're an alcoholic and you, you know, first you just like, I'm guessing like you try to remove yourself from parties and bars, but at some point you want to be able to interact with your friends and society. So how do you become the person who can go out to those places and social events and still say no, right? And I, you know, so I, I think you probably have to do some drastic things up front, like, you know, get rid of these paid subscriptions, you know? Mm-hmm. You really got to try to do that, and then yeah, seek the support groups, and yeah, it's a, it's it's tough because it's you know you, you again you recognize it, and you're in this early relationship, so there's pro, it's, there's only so much you can expect to count on her for support. Like, and it sounds like you have reasonable expectations. Like, all you really want from her right now is to just not break up with you for it. <laughs> you know, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, as opposed to like helping, you know, have her be a, a, like a, you know, support you in this kind of journey. And maybe she will, and that'd be great for her. But my biggest advice to you is stop considering getting help and just follow through, go for it. Like go Absolutely. head into it. Like really, you know, take it seriously, you know, find these support groups, 
you know, focus, get your therapy that's focused on this. And, and you're just going to have to challenge yourself to have some willpower and take those drastic steps, whether it's um, passwords or, or things like that. Um, and, and go from there because yeah, it's good that you recognize it because it eventually it'll still always be a problem if if uh, right if if you don't do something about it, and it's something that people you know future relationships will always um, take exception with to a certain degree, and then yeah, and again, I, I wonder if it's one of those things too, like I don't, and I don't know the answer to this question, like you know if alcohol if you're an alcoholic and you go and you get sober, like you can't just be a casual drinker, you just have to stop. Like is porn right. like that, where like once you you're off the wagon, so to speak, like you can't really watch porn, you know? That's such a I feel like it's a different thing. That's weird because like even in a like a monogamous relationship, like what about dirty talk? What about role playing and foreplay? Like and how would it how can you like a lot of those ideas come from like porn maybe or whatever, or you fantasizing about taboo things, even with your girlfriend, like might mentally bring you back to like watching porn. I, I, these are all just kind of questions I'm uh, bringing up. I don't have the answer to, but it is, it is kind of, um, that's why it would make sense to find very specific support groups about this, because I'm guessing all these questions that I'm bringing up, there are people with answers that have, it's worked for them and, 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 and things you can practice and, and work on while you're in a relationship. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, just start there. Stop, stop considering getting the help and, and get the help. And in the, me, in the meantime, practice not doing it. Like it's out of curiosity when you're on your like binges, as you say, are you, actively yeah. thinking I'm doing it again. I shouldn't be doing this or like what's going on in your mind. It's tough to say. I would say there are definitely times where I feel like that, but like it's sort of like once I'm on a binge, like I'm just kind of like mono focus on what's right in front of me. And I don't think about anything else. Like uh, once I kind of give into that temptation. Interesting. The other thing it might be worth doing is like, just like if you notice that you are doing that, just being like, why now? Like that's something for a lot of people who are recovering from anything, like just being like, why now? Like, why am I choosing to do this now? And you might realize that like, oh, I do this when I'm really stressed about something yeah, or, oh, be, I do yeah. this when I'm inadequate or like whatever it is. Yeah, that could definitely, be it. For, definitely. Sure. Yeah, but I would, I would try masturbating without it. Okay. Practice like going to that place being sexual, being turned on without requiring porn, it might help, right? Because definitely there is a part, like especially like you said, when you're having sex with your girlfriend, you're like you're thinking about porn too much. You're not. You're probably not even present. You're probably just like in your porn mind. And uh, yeah, my guess is that's you know. Yeah, I wish I was. I was more. We were more helpful, or I was more helpful about this. But I, I just want to be careful no, not to give helpful. you. Uh, advice that I isn't isn't right. So I just think you should definitely stop considering help and and get the help and hope that. Uh, and I guess the biggest thing too is even if your dream girl decides she can't do this, she, you, dream girls may be a good way to describe it because you still have to get to know her. You don't know her yet. You know, you know. So don't get too wrapped up and don't let if she's not okay with it. You know, this is priority number one because if you don't fix this, it's going to affect other relationships. No, I totally agree with you, definitely. 
All right, buddy. Well, hey, I appreciate you calling in. Very interesting stuff. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think you're the only one out there. I think it's to some degrees, it sounds like, you know, you're very honest about having a pretty serious case of it. But I think on it's a spectrum of people, even like guys who like always have to watch porn to masturbate. Like, I think that can affect their brain psychology. It can affect their sex life. It can affect a lot of things. So I'm glad you called in and, and chatted with us about it. Yeah, thank you so much for your help. Really appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. Best of luck. All right, thank you. All right, Have a good one. How's it going? Good. Uh, my name's Chris. Uh, I'm 24. How can I help, Chris? Um, well, I'll start with some backstory. So I've been dating this girl for about eight months. Um, when we first started, we probably haven't even known each other past a year. I mean, it, things started pretty quick, which... Um, I first felt like great, but I'm now starting to realize eight months in some codependence or maybe some questionable like attachment habits and maybe um, in you or in her, I'll say I'm starting to notice them more in her. I guess it's raising concern in me, but okay. And so you're, you guys are, you're, you've been dating this person. You're still together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, right. We've had some lengthy discussions. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're working things out. Yeah. So wait, so just to clarify, you've been hanging out. Like, are you guys, are you, do you refer to each other boyfriend and girlfriend or are you guys have been hanging out this whole time and now you're having discussions about like potentially defining the relationship? Oh, so we were, we were hanging out. It originally started as like, you know, just like a regular hookup thing, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, for, that happened for about a month month and a half and then um we just kind of became serious so we've been boyfriend and girlfriend for eight solid months okay yeah. all right and now you're noticing some <clears throat> as you call it like codependency or attachment things what what specifically are you noticing i get you know like i said like as we talk about on the show like you know i i i, I we don't talk a a lot about or I certainly don't like attachment theory and things like that. We're aware of it. We've had experts on come and talk about it. I'm not an expert uh, to talk about it and we can like consider it as a possibility. <clears throat> but also I think right. we need we need to be careful uh, as friends, as, as people in relationships to not necessarily diagnose our own relationships or ourselves or our partners. But I think we can try to find out um you know, maybe what's going on or what's bugging you and whether it's something that you should look into further or maybe it's an insecurity of yours. So what specifically is happening that you are, are is, is giving you pause in the relationship? Um, I think it's it's kind of like those day to day behaviors that at first seemed like really sweet and endearing. And I mean, I definitely have thought recently about like the exiting of the honeymoon phase. Okay. Um, but it's like certain day-to-day -day behaviors where I worry if there is a little bit more of like a compatibility issue. Okay. And maybe I, maybe I overlooked it because, you know, rose tinted sure. glasses. <laughs> um, well, can you give us an example? Yeah. So, so we both work. I mean, I, I kind of make my own schedule, but typically I'm working. She lives about an hour away from me. Okay. She just graduated college, has like a full-time job. So. Uh -huh. Our time spent together during the week is typically zero. And then, you know, we'll get the weekends together. We figure something out. We're at together the weekend. But then that weekend ends and, you know, 
typically you just you just go back home hey i gotta go whatever but it's typically a much more i guess it's like an emotional departure it's a lot more you know crying because you know now we have to go back home from both of you or from her from her she'll get very upset she'll get she'll like she she'll cry you know leaving the house you know (laughs) it's like it's like titanic every sunday night and you know i won't let go but how old is she it's like she's 22 okay i'm 24 yeah Uh um and you know i don't know if this is this her first relationship (laughs) it is her first relationship yeah (laughs) Yeah, so she she had the very generic, you know, college experience where she had a couple hookups and but this is definitely she'll she you know, as she told me, this is her first, you know, time like being in like a legitimate relationship with someone, yeah. Okay. Uh um, is that the big example or are there other examples you can give? <clears throat> I'll say that that's the most common one. Okay that probably should have been picked up as a little bit of a red flag in the beginning and maybe addressed a little sooner. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, it reminds me a lot of, of my first relationship when I was 18 and we went to different colleges. It's my freshman year of college. And I don't like, I didn't cry and she didn't cry, but I remember we would only see each other on the weekends. And that's like that saying goodbye was just like, I mean, when you were talking about it, I remember like I went back to that place mentally and I remember like just being just fucking distraught, you know, uh, yeah. which is why I asked if it was her first relationship. So I think what she lacks is perspective, right? Which often a lot of people do when they're experiencing something for the first time because they don't have the perspective of 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 ever experiencing a similar feeling. And, and uh, it's it could just be she's really excited. I mean, that's definitely something she's going to need to like get a handle on. I don't right. know. Yeah. I don't know if it's uh if 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 all she is doing is just getting real like the, you know, she's crying. I mean, yeah, it's a little heavy, but I can't say based on that uh, uh, alone that like you know, she's got some like uh, you know, again, she needs therapy or some uh, attachment no, issues. I mean, she might just be really into you, right? And she might just be really excited right. and, and and spends a lot of time missing you and just wish she could have more of you. Let me ask you this. Obviously, it's making you feel slightly uncomfortable, and I get why. You're just like, hey, I'll be here. Like, it's we have FaceTime and we can talk. Have you brought this up to her, like this kind of slight discomfort and the intensity of the goodbyes? Yeah, we've we've had some lengthy discussions and how does she I handle think, that? Does she get defensive? Um, no, she's not very defensive. She'll usually I think she makes up for some sort of lack of perspective with her self-awareness. So okay. I think sometimes, you know, when I bring these up and I kind of try to add like some perspective to it, like like the Sunday thing, like we FaceTime every night anyways. You know, like we check in all the time, we're texting 24/7 like and I think when I add that, she kind of sees it and she she definitely voices to me like I'm going to put effort into like maybe, you know, calming this down or like, you know, working on like not letting it be such a stressful situation. Yeah, that was my next question. Like, how do you feel in that moment? Do you feel added pressure to like soothe her sadness or it almost becomes stressful? Hey, 
Yeah, it definitely. <clears throat> I mean, I think early in our relationship, it did add pressure to me um, where I started to feel like I had to do things to kind of compromise. And so, you know, maybe like at like four months mark where, you know, it was a fairly consistent thing. I'd be like, oh, no, it's all right. I won't pick up my shifts Tuesday and I'll come yeah, to you and we can okay. do dinner. Yeah. And, oh, no, it's all right. Like, I'll, I'll ask if I can leave work early, you know, and I'm over there on, you know, one knee asking my supervisor, you know, can I go with my girlfriend? Like, yeah, no, I mean, that's, yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it feels like a tightrope sometimes of like, you know, going out of your way to like make your partner happy and, and taking, you know, we talk a lot about like, is he into me? Is she not into me? And we always say, listen, if they make the effort and clearly you're making the effort and, but there is a, a toxic side to that. The flip side of that is like, how much are you expecting your partner to give up for you? And how much are you asking them to sacrifice to the detriment of the relationship or their, themselves? Like if you keep like having to ask off of work or, or maybe you're not focusing on your studies, if you're in school, like that's not healthy. Yeah. Like we can't, you can't be, be doing that. So she, yeah. you have been able to talk to her and she at least acknowledges that like, yeah, I like to see you, but like you, sh you shouldn't have to ask off of work on a consistent basis. Like once in a while doing something nice is great, but like your right. relationship shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't have to sacrifice like being considered a good employee or, right. or having hobbies or other interests just to yeah, make or sure she, grades. Yeah. Yeah. Just so she feels <laughs> loved. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, so, yeah does, I mean, so she does recognize that. Like that's not something you are still arguing about whether how much you have to give up or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, she definitely, yeah, understands that how I feel, how I can, it kind of can make me in that moment feel like either I need to do more or I'm not doing enough Yeah. to to kind of, because the quick fix to that is, oh, let's just spend every day together. Let's just not have any other outside life and you know you'll never have to be sad again because i'll you know but obviously how what's her friend group like does she have a lot of friends <laughs> she is so this is kind of where my compatibility question comes in um her friend group is like deep rooted like since pre-k friend group fairly large and i couldn't be more opposite um if you ask me where you know who i sat next to like for my last semester, I'd be like, I don't care. Like I am very like introverted, you know? Um, so her friend group is, is really large. Yeah. And she's, she's very social and she's like, and does she have expectations of you of how you interact with her friends? Um, it means a lot to her. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of one of like the boxes that I had to check for her. Um, you know, not necessarily approval, but more like, you know, do I get along well with her friend group and her core friend group is probably like 10, 15 people, you know? And so when, when I did end up getting along great with them, you know, it was a big thing for her. It was, and, you know, same thing with her family. Like she has a lot of these other circles that, you know, it was important for me in the early stages to, to mesh with. Gotcha. And you and you and you guys live an hour away from each other because why? I'm at I'm at home. I'm commuting to school. Just I used to live at school. She just graduated from school, so she's basically just you know has a full time remote job at her house. But um, we both moved 
home from college um, early in the in the COVID thing. And your overall question is what? Like, are you are you on the fence of like, is this my person? Should I even consider like ending the relationship, or are you looking for more guidance given what your current situation is? Well, I guess my issue through kind of thinking through the other, you know, little behaviors is like, is this something that I can, that a, we can work through, or is this is how we are as individuals and we're just not, you know, clicking well on certain levels, you know, like, are we just not compatible because, you know, you're, you want this level of attention and attachment and, you know, we've been, we've been told by everyone we've ever, you know, her family or friends, like we are opposite, opposite. And that I've never really had been with someone that's like as different for me as she is. So that definitely raises question marks when those little behaviors kind of become concerning to me. Yeah. It's like, I get it. You know? So yeah, here's the thing. You guys are obviously young, right? It's her first serious relationship. Uh, I don't think you need or should try to, uh, have make a decision right now or have an answer right now right i think mm. what it is comes down to i think a lot of young couples have a hard time doing and is knowing what boundaries they should set uh what's an appropriate boundary what is not you know again what's the difference between you know taking making someone a priority versus sacrificing other things opposites attract right so we know that you, you know you don't know if you guys are compatible like her friend group yeah it makes sense she's a young 22 year old woman you know fresh out of college makes sense that she has a large close friend group right not everyone's like that but it's pretty normal for someone who is a socialite to go out and have a large friend group that's over time going to diminish right also you two could just be uh, again you're both young so there's a good chance that no matter what you're just not going to end up together because of you're, you're just both kind of figuring out life and, and, and she's literally figuring out relationships, you know, what she wants yeah. in a relationship and all these other things. So I think what you have to do or what you should do and get good at doing is just be confident in the boundaries you set. Like, Hey, listen, I love you. You're great. I like being around you. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Here's what makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, obviously I know your friend group's important to you. I'm going to make the effort. You, she also has to respect and acknowledge that you are different. You are introverted. She can't expect you to be like her friends. She can't make you feel bad for being an introvert. She has to appreciate that you are an introverted person, that you will make the effort, but that effort not might not meet her expectations, right? So it's not yeah. like, oh God, I just wish you could do this. So if she wants to date an extrovert, then she should date an extrovert, right? So... But at the same time, you know, you can be introverted and, and go out and have a good time. And like, yeah, that's going to use up a little bit more of your energy and you're going to need to keep decompress and she's going to have to be okay with that. She can't go around and be like, why can't you be more like Rob? You know, like that just, if she's yeah. doing shit like that, then like, that's not your person. But it might take her some time to learn how to date an introvert, right? So right, you're, you right. both, because you're just early on in dating, you're both learning about yourselves. You're learning about relationship. You're, you're to work. You guys are going to have to acknowledge the differences and and you say she's self-aware. That's a great sign for you. So a self-aware person can be like, I don't know a lot about dating and have that kind of humility to acknowledge that like there's you, you don't have to get it all right or, or, or get it wrong. And so you guys both should like offer each other some grace that you do mess up. So it's great that you can co go to her and be like, 
hey, like, I miss you too, but like, shit, like, I don't know if we should be crying every Sunday or and I can't get off of work every Tuesday and her being like, you know what, that is a little intense. I mean, it is how I feel, but like, I recognize that maybe I need to chill the fuck out, right? So that's good that <laughs> she can say that because not everyone can be that self-aware. A lot of people might get defensive in that situation. So yeah, I, I think it's just about setting your boundaries about like, hey, this, this is who I am, still willing to be go out be willing as individuals to go outside of your comfort level, your boundaries that you have, because you want to, you know, do things for them and make them feel like a priority all while knowing that, Hey, like we both have, you have school. She has a career. You both should be supporting each other's individuals. You should both, both see, be supporting each other's dreams. Like you guys should be talking about like, what are, what are her career goals? What are your goals? Right? What is important to you outside of the relationship? And then you guys should be helping each other out, meet those goals. Right. And that shouldn't make you guys feel insecure about the relationship and you shouldn't be worrying about growing apart. It, it could happen. Like that would be the sign of a, a young, healthy relationship. It's really hard to do in practice. And again, I didn't do that shit when I was, was that age. I can say that now having been like, oh, I should have done shit like that. And I should have been more confident in myself. And, you know, it was a, yeah. it was a young kind of toxic relationship of, of two like <clears throat> kids. Right. But that's what I would say now looking back. So it's just right. little things like that. But if she is self-aware, that's a really good sign. Uh, and then compatible, like I wouldn't obsess about compatibility so much. Cause like you, you can't decide right now if she is going to be your person, if she's going to be the most compatible person, but you do have to, what it is is about you guys acknowledging the differences, acknowledging the things you want, setting boundaries, respecting those boundaries, knowing when it's appropriate to go outside of those boundaries to show the other person is a priority and then see with all those things into consideration, if you guys can continue to learn and know about each other and grow and 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 that every time you hang out with her friends you don't feel like you're doing something wrong or you're feeling like you're not doing enough or she's constantly disappointed because all right. those other things will con will just eventually like wear on the both of you and then yeah you'll just end up breaking up because like what often happens in young relationships is that you fall in love for whatever reason you get excited there's this bond you have but you realize you're not really compatible so you spend six six to 12 months trying to fit a square peg into a round hole because you just yeah, like, that's my, that's my biggest fear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, the good news is your biggest fear isn't the end of the world. And your biggest fear is called dating and, and, or, you know, it's, it's figuring it out, figuring yeah. it out. And un, like, you're going to learn a lot from this relationship, whether she ends up being your person or not. So like, don't necessarily run from it. If you decide she's not your person, fine, right? But like you can, it's okay to ask these questions and it's it's good practice to be, try to talk with her about these things, right? And then see if she's willing mm -hmm. to talk back and shit, we always say like all, all those things aside, introvert, extrovert, friend, like communication is the biggest way, is, is the, you know, that's, that's compatibility. If you can talk through these things that are bothering you, the things that you guys are insecure about, and, and some of it will sound crazy, you know, because it's like I always say, like you're just two people who like don't know how to like drive race cars and you've been given keys to a Ferrari and you're, you're trying to figure it out. So just give each other a little bit of grace, right? And, and not try mm -hmm. to like point the finger or get mad or, or if, if each other doesn't do it right, even if she makes you feel a little stressed out that you are an introvert, you know, like don't get mad at her. Just be like, maybe that just... I'm trying my best here and then see if she will recognize that you are trying your best and then go from there.
Yeah. I think what I, that's kind of what I've been focused on is just kind of letting the situation breathe a little more before I can rush to be like, oh, this wasn't my person. It's like, well, did I exhaust all of my yeah my compromises or, you know, my my just, effort. Just here. good at talking as a guy, you know, an introverted analytical guy that you might be. Like you, you know, don't try to o don't try to over communicate or over fix. Like, you know, like that's something like all guys kind of make the mistake of and let her feel and let her express her feelings and and then you know yeah. yeah at some point you might be like you know what just deep down it's it's you know she lives an hour away it might just be too much to try to make work you know maybe there are too many challenges like at some point it should be easy man you know at some point you should have be having more you know like you're a young 24 year old she's 22 you guys should be having a ton of fun so there is something to think about that like while i'm saying all this and all these things you guys can consider and work on and you should it shouldn't feel like a project you know right yeah um, it shouldn't feel like yeah so it shouldn't be clocking out of work and then yeah you know, feeling like i you know but feel it out. I think it's good practice. See how it goes. There, like you said, my greatest fear is that we're not like your greatest fear is not the end of the world, you know. And even if you yeah. date for a year and realize she's not your person, like you didn't waste any time. You know, you might be twenty five and like have a, a quarter life crisis, like a lot of people do. Like you're fine. You're super young. You're going to be totally fine. You know, uh, people are yeah. settling down later. So. Uh, don't feel like you have to rush or you're not on any type of clock. You don't have to get this right. You know, it's there's, if, if you guys don't work out, you're going to be totally fine. And so will she. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, don't actually make it worse by overthinking and, and, and just, you know, people saying you guys are totally control different. freaking the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just try to enjoy each other. And hopefully she cries a little bit less when you say goodbye. <laughs> I know. Hopefully, hopefully the, you know, the goodbyes don't take, you know, half an hour anymore. It sounds like she really likes you. So that's a, you know, that's good. You know, she's. Yeah. Young, I think, I think it's love. just, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it feels like for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I can, I feel it, man. It can get a little intense. It can be almost a little added pressure, but. See yeah. if she is self-aware and 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 doesn't get defensive when you express your discomfort with the situation. That's a uh, uh, that's a good sign, man. Not everyone's like that. Yeah, um, she definitely deserves that much credit. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, thanks for calling. Is there anything else I can help you with? Uh, no, that all was right. awesome. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Appreciate you calling him. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. Bye. How's it going? Hey, I'm good. Thank you. What's your name? My name is Leah. Hi, Leah. How old are you? I just turned 28, actually. Happy birthday. How can I Thank help? Thank you. Uh, okay. Well, I have several questions, I guess. And basically, I ended a what today would be called a situationship. But to me, it was a relationship. We called it a relationship. Why do you... committed. So you... you... You never defined the relationship with him. Well, uh, he just never gave me a straight answer. So gotcha. he'd be like, we're not friends, clearly. Uh, we're not in a relationship, but... Okay. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, so, I guess a situationship. All right. Yeah. So I met him two years ago. We both live abroad. So I guess, you know, there's just an atmosphere of like, it's temporary for many people. So you're here to have fun and stuff, but... We were inseparable basically since we met and we started hooking up 
but we started spending so much time together that we became really close. He became my best friend and I started hanging out with his friends a lot. So I became really embedded in their friend group. Uh, and I was afraid to define the relationship at the beginning. So that was on me. Uh, but he was obviously dating. He was on like Tinder rampages all the time, but I was his emotional and physical consistency. So I allowed him to have his cake and eat it too, which I realize now. But I would hit my breaking points and I would be like, listen, I like you. And I felt like when he knew I was about to walk away, we would have these moments where he's like, oh, you know, I feel the same. It's just hard. So we would try it and then he'd go back on it. Oh, no, actually, maybe, maybe I don't like you. And then I'd be like, yes, I do. And then actually, I love you. And then, oh, but uh, he'd go back and be like, oh, but maybe it's not the kind of love that is needed for a relationship. So it was just always back and forth. We would try to cut off communication. We had two, two month, no contact, but we'd always find our way back. And then we finally stopped talking, but COVID came. So he had to go back to his country. So the night before he left, he called me like five times, was like, I need to see you, I need to see you. We met up and he basically like cried in my arms and was like, it was you all along. I just wasn't ready and I'm still not ready, but I don't want this to change your perception on love and, and all that. And it should have ended there because I felt he was genuine for the first time about his feelings for me. But, but it was like, I, I'm, but he's like, oh, it's you all along, but I'm still not ready. Yeah, I'm still not ready and I'm leaving. I feel like he felt safe to say that because there was going to be distance, physical, sure, like, yeah. I mean, continents apart. So it should have ended there, but we FaceTimed every day until like last month. So that was October. So FaceTiming every day, talking every day, uh, watching series together. And then a month ago, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm going crazy. I kept it a secret from my friends. No one knew I was still talking to him because they're like, he's toxic. Uh, but I defended him. And a month ago, I was like, I'm in love with you, but I can't do this anymore. And he responded with the text I sent you that was basically like, I love you as a person, but the connection's not romantic. And I realized why you thought it could be. But I hope what I'm saying doesn't change how you view our time together in the country we're living in. And so that was just mind blowing to me because I'm like, okay, well now you just are making me question the past two years. I had just reached a point I was ready to let go. And now I'm trust, I'm missed. I don't know if I can trust my intuition anymore. I'm questioning other relationships in my life. If they're as you genuine as I yeah. thought they were. So he, the text you sent, he sent you he wrote, well, you know, in parentheses, I hope that I love and care for you as someone who I hold close to me, but yeah, not quite, but yeah, he writes, and not quite in a romantic sense. We do have that connection and click really well. I don't think that'll ever change even if our relationship communication does, but yeah, I kind of figured you were thinking that way. I definitely have my part in playing along with it because of all the chatting and video calling, et cetera, despite thinking that. But regardless, I don't want you to think of this as I'm forgetting you or or that all of a sudden I don't care about you. Like I don't want this to change to sour, you know, so that all the things you said. And then what the only thing, my biggest takeaway is 
you didn't respond to that, right? I, yeah, I thought. And then later on, on some point, I don't know how many days had passed, he just texted you out of nowhere, hey, how are you? Yeah, which was to me appalling because I was like, okay, how do I respond to that? To me, I had told you in the long text, I can't do it anymore. Hopefully you didn't. Like, did you not respond? Have you spoken I, since you sent that text? Probably, I, yeah. I'm just like always afraid to end things badly. So I responded saying. What do you mean? I feel like maybe I, I want to be friends with him in the future at some point. No, what you are is still in denial that this is going to ever turn into anything. So the reason why you want to make it amicable or you're afraid for him to hate you or be mad at you is because you are holding out hope that he's going to change his mind. I want to, I, I am still holding out hope. I am, Okay. but I'm not going to do anything about it. And I feel like yeah, yeah. this is the first time I ended it. It's always been him. This was the first time I answered back saying, Hey, I just need time to respond. Uh, I think. Well, it's the first we time you weren't contact. afraid of getting an answer you didn't want to hear. It was the first time you put yourself out there and tried to define something. No, because I had put myself out there, but he would flip flop. So I never trusted his answers. When we were together, I knew he felt the same. What do you mean? He and I never way. doubted it. Uh, maybe I know he probably thought he could do better or mm. I, I expected I like you, but not enough for a relationship. I expected I love you, but we're not compatible. I didn't expect, oh, what we had was never romantic. I mean, listen, I can tell you what it was. He really enjoyed you. He probably like, yeah, you were his a broad girlfriend, but he always knew he was leaving. He always knew he was going back. He always knew like, and, and, and for him, his connection with you in no way was worth trying to maintain this long distance relationship. He had no interest of moving to your country. He quite honestly wasn't even interested in the expectation of having you come out to his country. He didn't want to even ask you, you to do that. But what he did love is having you around as his abroad girlfriend to, you know, be like you said, his support system, his consistent, the girl he would go to movies with or have dinners with dinner with or talk about his feelings all while he also had the freedom to like date casually and maybe hook up with other women, but like always go back to you, the consistent girl who was willing to uh, allow him to do this, who was too afraid of of setting boundaries and defining the relationship because you were deep down kind of, you know, knew he wasn't going to commit. And now that he's now back in his home country, it, he thinks of it like someone would like summer camp. You know, it was like a, a part of his life. He wants to cherish and value the memories and he wants to think back on you as like a really nice time with a really nice girl. And, and yeah, I mean, but that's then why did he keep it up for 10 months? Like he would initiate the video calls, the texting, the Boredom, hours a day. Maybe he was having a dry spell back at his home country. I mean, people for all sorts yeah. of reasons love 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 the consistency of communication. It's it's why catfishing works, right? In a sense, because like people might be getting catfished, but they're still getting value out of like not even FaceTime with someone. But it's just someone to talk to, and you guys did build some sort of foundation and familiarity. And he just knew he just told himself he wasn't going to date you, right? Doesn't mean he instantly had a girlfriend or he found that ca ca type of um, relationship or, or comfort with anyone else back at home. So he still had you to like have these conversations with, 
But once you try to set this boundary and once you're like, hey, enough's enough, he was like, eh, I don't want to, okay, I'm just, he, he was at least honest enough that he didn't pretend. But then where he's a dick is where he kind of checks in after you try to set this boundary. Yeah. And it's always been like that. Yeah. I mean, listen, you both had did things wrong. I mean, you definitely played a role in this in the sense that like, yeah, know. you know, and it's a tough situation. The all thing you can do right now is just follow through. You really have to follow through to that standard you'd set and that boundary you set for yourself as especially as it relates to him. I've tortured myself and like I started going to therapy and I realized my mistake was trying to figure out what his problem was. And yeah. I never even focused on myself. Sure. His problem was just like not wanting to like get in a relationship with a girl who lived in a different country. Maybe it could be that but simple. He was adamant that he was ready for a relationship. And just how, not how old is me. this guy? 27. I mean, yeah, I think you just need to be very careful about trying to overanalyze every word he said because, listen, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or a good guy. He's just probably an immature guy who didn't really know how to articulate his feelings and was kind of full of shit and was irresponsible also at the risk of hurting your feelings and leading you on. But you just need to be careful not to like overanalyze every word he says and what it might mean because like some of it is probably bullshit. And yeah, maybe what he meant was I'm ready to like meet someone who like when I go home to my country, you know, uh, and meet a girl from my country or my hometown, you know, and, you know, maybe didn't want to, you know, I, I can't speak for him. I don't know why he, you know, most of what he said probably like he just, kind of said it or maybe he thought he meant it in the moment and then he said the wrong thing and like you know relationships are often like that maybe you said some things that if you had a tape recorder back and he could like say you said or did this like you'd be like i don't know why i fucking said that i was yeah. vulnerable or insecure or selfish you know like so i just think it's important for you to just focus on what you know now like listen you had a, a fun fling and hopefully you can like look back and learn from this and still appreciate the good times. And, and yes, like you definitely allowed yourself and you have to take some responsibility for not setting your boundaries earlier on and, and giving in and romanticizing the relationship all very natural. We've all done this. We've all been, mm -hmm. again, the biggest thing I think for you hearing your story is not, you have to accept for it for what it is. You have to accept that it's over. You have to accept his answer, even though he's selfish right now and still trying to talk to you and reach out and say, hey, how's it going? Like, you need to believe every, everything he said here. You need to believe that he doesn't see that connection with you. Even if he, when he gets selfish, reaches out when he misses you or he's bored because he doesn't miss you romantically. He just misses the, the connection you had. He misses the ability to call you up and be like, hey, can I just talk? You know, like you offered him that, you know, yeah. but doesn't so it's possible to. Because he would always he I heard him joke to his friend one time that I'm his best friend who he sleeps with. So. And to me, like, I always figured that was what a relationship was like to me. That's what I want. A relationship so is two was, people who who think that but also want to make sacrifices and want to give up the freedom of hooking up with other people and want to make the other person feel like a priority and want them to make them feel confident and secure and not confused in relationships. And you're hanging on to these like 
few phrases and words that he said that like so, kind of sound like a relationship, but are might be one aspect of a, so many other things that go into the type of healthy relationship that I'm assuming you're looking for. Yes. So then what is the definition of romantic connection? Because to me, like a romantic connection doesn't mean you have to be in a relationship, does it? Uh, if you're like sleeping attracted to someone and you... I guess my answer to that is why, why does it matter? I mean, you're you're trying to justify your relationship and how, like you listen. You recognize that you have to take some ownership in this situation, okay. right? But I don't think you need to beat yourself up about like why you allowed it to happen. Like we've all been there, you know what I'm saying? Like we've all but been it's sucked. It's happened to me before. That's why I'm worried. Okay. I need to know how. At what point, this is the furthest it's gone and the, the deepest it's been, but I, I've been in this situation where we're obviously not friends. It's actions over words. You're getting sucked up into someone's words that they are saying and you are allowing that to excuse their actions. Like he'll say little things like, oh, you know, like, I don't know what the, sh he probably said a lot of shit over the time. Yeah. But he never really wanted to fully commit. You never felt, you know, you know what a relationship is that you want? Feeling comfortable with someone to not be afraid to set a boundary and ask for them to define a relationship. And if you can't feel safe and comfortable to do that, that's clearly not a relationship, right? So like you're, you, you, like we talk about a lot on the show, like you were constantly willing to accept less than what you wanted or what you deserved, you know? Yeah. You were trying to find the silver lining in every situation that you're in with him. Like every, every selfish act that he had, every boundary that he had, you found the silver lining of why it was okay or why it meant something or everything he said. At the same time, throughout this whole relationship, you were always kind of feeling a little unsatisfied. You were never fully getting everything you wanted. How do you not take that personally, like an, as an attack on who you are? Because it has nothing to do with who you are. It's just like, yeah, that's your ego talking. It's yeah, your... I know. And I, I know it's my ego, but it's just he, it seemed like everything fit and it still didn't work. And I've never actually had an actual relationship. So I'm getting worried because I know time shouldn't matter, but I'm 28 and I've never even dated. Still, like these guys have yeah. always found me. And then it's turned into this. Yeah, but then you, you know, I don't know the other situation, but like there are a lot of red flags in this relationship. And those red flags might even be just starting off with like you guys were from different countries. Yeah. And you already knew going in. And I'm not saying that you, that, that could have turned into love. Yeah, there's been plenty of, you know, you, you know, but people who like meet abroad already are just like, that's a hurdle we're going to have to get over. And so to get over that hurdle, you would both have to be like, I'm committed to getting over this hurdle. I'm committed to like making this work because you're both like, we are a priority. And then you're on the same page. You're not confused about what the other person's thinking. You're not wondering if they're willing to make you a priority. You are, it's clear. You're, you're talking and communicating. You're not communicating with your, your, your partners. You're afraid to get certain answers. You, get sucked up into a situation that you romanticize and you will have a great date with someone or a really, you know, good sex. And then you'll focus on that great moment all while ignoring all the things you're not getting. You know, you're not listening to yourself is my guess. Right. Yeah. And, and that's my question. Do I trust my intuition or was I clearly wrong? Cause at one point he told me to trust your intuition. Cause I'm probably feeling the same way. No, I think feeling. you're ignoring your intuition. My intuition always told me he wasn't good enough for me and we weren't going to be in a relationship. 
but I got stuck on the fact that it also told me. That's what I mean. You were ignoring your, you're ignoring your intuition. Yeah. My ego just wants to know that he liked me. Sure. Yeah. There, and I'll never know because he's flip-flopped so much. But I think you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I he know. He didn't too. like you enough, I guess, if you really, you know. Yeah. Okay. You wanted to be enough for him to want to say, hey, babe, I don't care. I, I will move across the world for you or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, you wanted to be good enough for that. And it has nothing to do with you. And like, yeah, you're, it's the rom You're watching too much fucking, you know, notebook or whatever it is you're watching and it's being romanticized. And it's, you know, the, the, like we were talking, like, being, the, like, I don't know if you watch Sex in the City or the, or the Notebook. Like, you look at those relationships; they're all fucking toxic, you know. And and they're exactly. they're, they're packaged as romantic, you know, fairy tales and love stories, right? So like, you're just not you're not you, if you tell me that you your intuition told you that, you know, he wasn't good enough for you, whatever it is, you were not listening to that because whether it's your ego or, or, or you like getting caught up in like, this could be a really great love story. If it's, you know, people all the time get sucked up into how they met someone and liking how they met and like, be like, well, fuck if, if I can make this work with this guy or a girl, then I'll have a great story to tell at parties of how we met, you know? Yeah. And literally people will try to like, keep relationships going simply by how they met or the story that, you know, and so you got caught up in, in the story and you stopped paying attention to your needs and what really made you happy. And you got hung up on all these other things. Well, I just, I make in the past, like for example, this guy, his family was like, you need to walk away. His own family and his friends were like, you deserve better. So I still didn't listen because in a way, if I feel like someone's acting based on off their trauma, I end up kind of empathizing like, oh, it's because this happened to him and this and this. So I have my breaking point, I feel like takes a lot longer than most people because like no. I'll watch crime documentaries and I'd be like, oh, but the serial killer was like raped as a child and this happened to him. And I'm like, I can't do that. I think you just have a big ego. I think you just have a big ego because when someone tells you you can deserve better, your ego is like, well, why aren't you good enough to make them be better? Exactly. Yeah. So you need to like get better at controlling your ego and you need to get better at listening to your gut and, and listen to the conversations you're having with the people you're dating, setting boundaries. And when they don't meet that boundary, don't let your ego go off and tell you why you're not good enough for them to want to respect that boundary. You just accept that they are not willing to do that. And then it's not a reflection of you or your self-worth or things like that. And you, you know, you need to control that. I don't even know how to date. I've never dated. I, did, I just, yeah, you have. and been, I'm moving back what are you to the about? States after five years. Okay. And all, I don't even know how things work anymore. Yeah, you do. You're, I think you're being a little dramatic if I'm being honest. You're 28. You're super young. You have been dating. A lot of people listen to this podcast or have done shit like you have. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've definitely dated. You might not have been in a healthy relationship yet, mm-hmm. but you've certainly dated, right? You've gone out on dates okay. and you'll, you know, you should go on dating apps, you know? And yeah, I know. I, I knew I said that because I knew you were going to give me that look like, oh, I'm too good for dating apps. Like, no, you're not. No, I just. 
I, I think you need a reality check if I'm being totally honest. I think you have a kind of a disillusioned perception of love and dating and what you think you deserve. Uh, so how do I fix that? I, I think you humble know. yourself a little bit and I think you go on dating apps. The world's on dating apps. Like everyone's on I mean, dating I've apps. I mean, I've had them, obviously. I just, yeah. it just hasn't worked. It's okay. Yeah, and, and you might not meet your person through a dating app, but you should be on dating apps and you you should use dating apps as a way to meet people, not find your prince charming. And through okay. being open to meeting people, you might meet a guy you connect with. And then you, when you meet them, you should take it slow and you should focus on getting to know them and setting your boundaries and paying attention to when someone doesn't you know, uh, either agree with that boundary or want to respect that boundary, whatever that boundary is. And then you should not make excuses for them. Um, and you should not let your ego trigger you uh, and get you to be good enough for them to respect that boundary. And yeah. it's just hard because I realize I'm doing it, but then I don't know how to stop it. I see the red flags and I take them in, but then I don't know how to act on it. Or like I'm very self-deprecating, but at the same time, I know that I have a big ego. Like I, I'll feel insecure, like, oh, it's because I'm not pretty enough. It's because I'm this. Well, self-deprecating doesn't mean you ha don't have a big ego. Just Yeah, exactly. Which is something I realized I actually listened to, to your podcast. I you but, try therapy, therapy, you know, I think that might, you might learn, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of self-reflection to do and kind of like you, a lot of your questions on like how do i control my instincts or understanding your own choices and therapy is a great way of of processing that i mean i can't help you with that on like one call you know what i'm saying literally it might take yeah. like a lot of in and there's nothing therapy's great you know like everyone could use therapy like i think you're just you're struggling right now with uh, getting caught up in these kind of romantic situations and you're beating yourself up a little bit for having it not worked out. You, your ego feels a little bit dumb be, for investing the time that you have and it didn't work out. Like you're, you're totally fine. You're going to be totally fine. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? Like you're going to move back to the States and you could look at this experience as a fun romantic fling that you had that now you get to move back to the States as a single eligible woman uh, who has everything in front of her and can now like having had those experience, like if you are lucky enough to meet a guy, settle down and get married, you will look back on this as a fun adventure, you know? I don't will, know how fun it was, but. I, I promise you, you will someday think about this and smile. You will. I mean, even like, even looking back at some of my most vulnerable moments and painful moments and heartbreak, I look back and laugh and smile because I'm just so over it and moved on and I've learned from those things. And I pro like you can't see that now because it's so fresh and you're currently dealing with it. But I, I think I heard you say before, basically like that sometimes you hold on to the memory of someone because that's all you have left. Yeah. You don't want to lose them. And I feel like I'm doing that. You and don't just, want to feel like this thing was all for nothing. And exactly. right now you need to become indifferent to it, get over it at the risk of it feeling like it was worth nothing. And so that eventually when you are fully moved on and indifferent, you can reflect back and it can be a good memory. That's just going to take time. It might take five or 10 years. In the meantime, you don't need this to mean anything for you. To, like, you know what I'm saying? This doesn't have to mean anything other than you just lived a little bit. It's just a part of your life. It's just a part. It's a, it's a chapter in your life. It's a, it's a page in whatever your story, you know, it doesn't have to mean a, 
a grand thing. You can, there's going to be small takeaways. Some of those takeaways you might not fully appreciate for a year or two. You don't need clarity like immediately, you know? Yeah. I'm not very patient, but yeah. Well, just... Another thing therapy can help with, you know, I, I do think you have a lot of like things that you need to, you know, probably work on on yourself. Like a lot of us do and we all do. And therapy might be a great way for you to like process these things outward and talk to someone so that on a day-to-day -day basis, you can stop falling into these traps that you, you, you kind of set for yourself. Yeah. But I, I actually have been going to therapy. Great. For like a year okay. and a half. And have you got any so, benefit from it? She, I just feel like sometimes she's telling me things that I know that I'm doing. Get a different therapist. I haven't managed to, yeah. Either I mean, you, you can get a trainer and like, got, you know, like different trainers, different therapists, different doctors, try it out, you know, also like just, you're doing fine. You know, you're doing fine in life. You're just in a bit of a rut. I don't like, I know I'm trying to say, get therapy. You're a mess. Like you're totally fine. You're just, you got a little fucked up by this guy. You have an yeah. ego. He had all the power and, and you feel yeah. a little bit used. He had an even bigger ego. So sure. Yeah. Your ego's really in overdrive right now. It sounds like, and you're just yeah. having a hard time processing all this, but you're going to be totally fine when you move back in two weeks. Great. I think but I'm moving back in with my parents. Like obviously it's going to be a transition. So it's gonna be a time. that's a great, I mean, you're in luck I and mean, congratulations. It's like did that you need to get out of this wherever you are, a lot yeah. of memories, you need to get a fresh start, parents, whatever. I think that'll be good for you. I think if it, if, I think it would be hard to stay where you are. And it's going to be fine. And I promise you, you're going to look back and smile about this. And I think as far as this guy goes, you just need to stop talking to him 100%. Don't reach out yeah. to him hoping he's going to be sorry or change his mind or validate. Like you don't need him to appreciate the experience. There's nothing he can say that's going to change your perspective. Just time and patience and an outlook on life is going to make you appreciate it later in life. Okay. All right. That was really helpful. All Thank right. You. Best of luck. Thank you. All right. Take care. What a great episode. Thanks for listening. Can't appreciate you guys enough. Don't forget to send in your questions at asknickacastmedia.com. Cast with a K. Certainly need those questions. Uh, if nothing else, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay.